the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. It is the London Free Press Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. And we are diving into the biggest issues in London and the surrounding area and looking at it from the perspective of what you can find on lfpress.com and the pages of the London Free Press. And doing that with us today will be reporter Dale Carruthers, who joins us uh, on the podcast today. Hey, Dale, thank you for this. Thanks for having me on, Craig. It's uh, good to be here. Yeah, I wanted to talk with you about a story that I read actually even before uh, we started doing the podcast, and I, I remember mentioning it to you even before, saying, "Hey, man, if if, if if when we start doing the podcast, I really want to get you on and talk about this." And that's exactly what we're doing today, which is uh, stories you might find that that you've written on lfpress.com about Rob Barletta, who, of course, is a, a, an infamous name here in London. People know that name; they hear that name. Oh, yeah, Rob Barletta, but they may not necessarily know exactly what he's all about or why that's a name that they hear in the news from time to time. So tell me, Dale, and, and, and tell us, why is that a name that we hear? What do we uh, know about from the perspective of what the London Free Press has reported about Rob Barletta? Yeah, like you said, uh, Rob Barletta has become almost a, a household name and not for good reasons, typically. He is one of the founding members of the London Hells Angels chapter. Police allege he's still a member of the gang, but now connected to the Niagara chapter. And um, he's a former strip club manager, strip club operator. Um, we've reported on him extensively over the last 25 years. I was looking back in our files and the very first story we wrote about him was in 1999. There was a double shooting outside the Beef Baron. Two members of the outlaws were shot and killed. And Rob Barletta was the manager of the Beef Baron at that time. The bar was owned by his brother, and Rob was called to testify at the trial of two brothers charged in the murder. And it's not really surprising looking back on now, he wasn't a cooperative witness. Um, But then we didn't write about him for almost a decade. His name popped up again in 2008 when the OPP's Biker Enforcement Unit seized a Swineyard Street home that they said was a Hells Angels clubhouse at the time. And Rob Barletta owned the home and he denied it was a clubhouse. And from there, we learned that he actually became a member of the London Hells Angels in 2003. And in 2001, he opened famous famous Flesh Gordon Strip Club. Um, Again, went a couple of years without really hearing anything about him. And then he got in this battle with the AGCO. Um, They regulate liquor licenses in the province and they want to pull Barletta's liquor license uh, from Flesh Gordon's because of his connection to outlaw motorcycle gangs. And he fought that. The battle went on for a couple of years. And while that was going on, Flesh Gordon's was firebombed in 2012. And that was during a turf war between the Hells Angels and the London Street Gang. Several businesses, uh, two massage parlors and a tattoo parlor were also firebombed during that time. And the battle kind of peaked with a full patch member of the London Hells Angels being shot outside of uh, Gray Street home that police allege was an unofficial clubhouse for the biker gang. Um, And then from there, um, Barletta made headlines in 2013 again. He was charged in the Platinum Sports Book 
alleged gambling ring. This this multi-million dollar gambling ring that police contend was run by members of the Hells Angels and an alleged uh, crime family. So he was charged with a couple offenses uh, in that, and the charges were later withdrawn, and that kind of earned Barletta his name, the Teflon Biker, because he kept a clean criminal record. Um, that didn't really help with the AGCO. They ended up pulling his liquor license, and Flesh Gordon's closed down. Um, last December, Barletta was on a plane at Pearson International Airport, and he was arrested, again, charged in an alleged gambling ring. This was part of Operation Hobart. It was a two-year investigation uh, involving more than a dozen police services across Ontario. Almost 30 people were charged, including alleged members of the Hells Angels and alleged members of a Toronto crime family. And it was very similar to the Platinum case. Um, the people charged are alleged to be running a gambling ring. Um, and so those charges are still before the courts. And uh, after that story broke, uh, the Free Press did an investigation and found out that Operation Hobart was first launched two years ago because of a fire, a suspicious fire up in the Collingwood area. And we traced that uh, fire at a luxury vacation home back to Robert Barletta. It was owned by a family member. So that's what kind of kicked off this whole investigation. Wow. So there's uh, clearly uh, clearly a lot there. And that is... Uh... It's something that I think uh, people may not necessarily have been aware of. And the story that, that, that jumped out at me is one that, uh, of course, in the London Free Press uh, a few weeks ago now, which was essentially an attempt on this guy's life is the way that that looks to be based on our reporting. What more can you tell us about that? Again, this is I think it was late September when that happened, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, uh, that's a story I uh, reported on recently. Um, I got a tip that Barletta was living in Toronto. Uh, he'd been released on bail uh, after these most recent charges. And I was told he was staying in a Cabbage Town house with a family member. Um, and I ended up uh, getting surveillance footage from March 30th. It was around 7.30 p.m. and it shows Barletta walking towards this uh, Ontario Street home. He goes through the front gate and he's at the front door. And across the street, there's a black Audi park there. Two guys get out. One of them's holding two guns, uh, one in both hands. The other guy has one gun. And they just let off um, nearly 20 shots firing wildly at Barletta, who kind of disappears out of the frame. And these guys unload their shots, and then they run back to the car and take off. Um, and it turns out Barletta wasn't struck by any of the bullets. Nobody was hurt, thankfully. Um, the bullets struck uh, the house he was going to and at least one other nearby house. And what was surprising about this case is the police never put out a press release on this. Um, they had the surveillance footage too that I ended up getting, but they never released it saying, hey, can the public help us identify these suspects? One of them, you can see their face completely. Uh, the other has a partial face covering, but it seemed like this great piece of evidence um, that would help lead to arrests and police haven't made any arrests in that case. So. I contacted police and tried to get some information for the story. They provided me a limited amount of information, just saying there was a report of shots fired. Nobody was injured. The case is still open. Um, and I spoke to the lead investigator and basically he said, um, I'd prefer if you didn't release this footage because that could impede our investigation. Um, 
the people involved could destroy evidence if they know this footage is out there. And he said, but at the same time, I understand that you are free to uh, publish the footage, which we ended up doing uh, for our targeted piece. And since then, I've been checking with Toronto police almost weekly, and there's been no changes in the case, still no arrests. Um, but it was pretty shocking videos, broad daylight in a heavily residential neighborhood. Um, so many shots fired. It really rattled neighbors um, who read my story and learned that Barletta was the target of this shooting attempt because they had no idea. Police told them that the man was targeted and he'd been recently released on bail, but they had no idea that um, he was allegedly linked to bikers and this string of uh, suspicious fires before this. So neighbors were really uh, rattled by this and uh, it's understandable why they would feel that way. Yeah, I certainly understand that too because I, I think a lot of this stuff uh, is, is something that most Londoners wouldn't be aware of is, is happening in this community or maybe they know about it and think, okay, well, this really doesn't involve me. And most of the time, uh, no one who's not involved is, is going to be hurt, but there's going to be the odd time when that might happen. So people uh, can and, and perhaps should be concerned about it. But I think there would be a lot of surprise, not just directly in the neighborhood, but all over London that, oh yeah, something like this is going on here in this community. It, it, it seems obviously like something out of, uh, out of a television program. That's interesting. Anytime we publish a story uh, related to outlaw motorcycle gangs, I always read the online comments. Sometimes there's information in there. And I just want to get an idea of uh, the public's opinion on this topic. And you see a lot of support for the Hells Angels, the outlaws. Um, people often uh, comment in our comment section or on Facebook that um, these are good guys and they would be happy to have them living in their neighborhood and they don't bother anyone. Well, that may be true to a degree. You do see that violence follows bikers and alleged bikers. Um, there's been a string of arsons connected to Robert Barletta. Now there's the shooting. Um, there's a Hells Angels clubhouse that's now up for sale in London on Gray Street. When it first was revealed to be an unofficial clubhouse, I spoke to several neighbors and they said, this is good. This is going to make the streets safer. No one will mess with the Hells Angels. That wasn't the case. A uh, full patch member was shot outside the clubhouse with a woman, um, which led to a car chase. Um, there's all kinds of incidents of uh, violence and arson that usually surround alleged members of outlaw motorcycle gangs. So I think the misconception or that, that belief that you're safer being near bikers is really not true in my experience, at least not in London. Uh, yeah, and that's clearly that's something that uh, obviously people should be concerned about because you're right, there is that conception that, oh, well, if you live next door to a clubhouse, everything's fine. And, and, and maybe in a lot of cases it is, but clearly if there's shootings going on near you, there's a chance that everything is not fine, right? Yeah, and well, if you, if you want to get a former clubhouse, there's one up for sale now, uh, 250000 it's on Gray Street. That's half the price of the average uh, London home. It hit the market, I think, last month. And after we did a story on a former clubhouse for sale, um, there's been changes. They've started to paint over the red exterior. The red garage door has turned gray inside. All the red trim is turning white and gray. So they're trying to distance it from its history as this biker hangout spot where a member was shot. Um, but the house is still for sale. Uh, it's on Gray Street if you're interested. I'll, uh, I'll look up the listing after this. Uh, yeah, I, and I think that 
there's clearly going to be some questions that people in the community have. Uh, and I'll ask you, because I know you've been in contact with police in Toronto about this, police in London. What are police officers saying about Rob Barletta? What are police officers saying about motorcycle gangs? Because that's clearly t- something that uh, uh, takes up a great deal of their time. Yep. Uh, I often speak to uh, the head of the biker enforcement unit. That's an OPP unit made up of uh, various um, Ontario police forces. They contribute officers. And his name is uh, Staff Sergeant Scott Wade. He speaks to me usually on these issues. Um, and he, he's very uh, open about the risk outlaw motorcycle gangs pose to the public and the dangers of having them in their communities. Because he's heard that messaging too that I talked with earlier. People say they don't create any problems and it's all right to have them around. But he says, um, you definitely are at risk if you are involved in outlaw motorcycle gang activity or if you affiliate with them. So he really tries to hammer that message home. Uh, one thing police have been uh, saying in recent years is don't buy outlaw motorcycle gang support gear. So those are the 8-1 shirts, the mm-hmm. big red machine shirts you see people wearing around. Um, the OPP are really pushing. They launch a campaign every year not to buy that merchandise because that supports the Hells Angels or the Outlaws and a lot, a lot of people still buy that merchandise because they think it's cool. They want to support these groups. So the police are saying don't support that. Um, the police are always looking for information about these groups uh, and any information they have, they ask you to contact them and they're just trying to keep uh, the public informed. Anytime an incident happens, police are really good with the exception of this Toronto case to put out <laughs> media releases and to alert the media um, they do big operations like Operation Hobart. Um, London police were involved in that investigation uh, for two years. They had, I think it was 17 officers involved. It was one of their biggest operations. Um, so it's a collaborative approach that police take to outlaw motorcycle gangs. And they put a lot of time and resources into it. And for good reason, uh, for good reason. Uh, I know that you spoke with uh, James Dubrow, who's a, a, a crime author, and that's someone I've spoken to in the past as well about these these types of stories. What is the thought amongst those who follow these things closely as far as how active the Hells Angels are in London, the surrounding area right now? So there's estimated to be at least 12 full patch members of the Hells Angels in London. Plus, they also have a support club called the Gatekeepers, um, I'm not sure how many members are estimated to be in that group, but they have chapters uh, in other parts of southwestern Ontario. And uh, you can see for yourself in the summer, if you keep your eyes open, uh, you'll see guys in full patches driving their motorcycles out and around. Um, I'm told that uh, full patch members of the Hells Angels have to be seen driving with their patches on on a motorcycle at least once a month. So if you look around, you'll see them out. But other than that, you won't see a lot or hear a lot about them on a regular basis. Um, They keep a pretty low profile. Um, You tend to hear about them when it makes the news, when a member is charged and when police conduct these operations. But other than that, they really fly under the radar and most Londoners may never see them or even know that they are in our city, but they they definitely are. And uh, guys like James Dubrow, They've been following the Hells Angels and organized crime groups for a long time. And they're a great resource anytime um, news breaks. I can kind of turn to a guy like James for his expertise. I did with this um, most recent story on the assassination attempt involving Barletta. I spoke to James and he said 
it's an indicator that Barletta has made some serious enemies um, because someone tipped off these shooters as to where he was staying um, and sent them there. He said it could be a hired hit was his theory. And he said often organized crime groups or other people hire out these hits to street gangs. That's something we've seen before. And he said that would explain why it was such an unprofessional hit. Um, again, that hasn't been confirmed with police. They wouldn't uh, confirm that, but that was his theory. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's uh, that's interesting. And and you're right. Typically, people who are like sort of that high up and that that closely associated don't uh, have to deal with the sort of stuff that Rob Barletta went through. Uh, before we wrap up, Dale, uh, anything else that you're working on on the subject of Rob Barletta on the subject of motorcycle gangs or other things along those lines happening in the community? Yeah, we'll definitely be reporting further on Rob Barletta and the others charged in Operation Hobart. That. Uh, Case, those cases are working their way through the courts actually in Peel, um, so it's not here in London. But um, Barletta was additionally charged with more offenses over the summer in connection with Hobart. So he faces a total of 14 charges, tax evasion, bookmaking, weapons offenses. Um, so we're going to keep digging into that and see where it takes us. But uh, at the Free Press, we have a policy. If we report on someone being charged, we have to follow the case through the courts. So that's the plan uh, with Barletta and the others charged in this uh, operation. That is an extremely good policy. And just to peel back the curtain from a journalistic perspective, it's a good policy because you, if you put on the internet, this person was charged, or you put in the newspaper, this person was charged with something, and then you never actually follow up with whether they were convicted or not, uh, that's just that's, that's not how you should do things. If, if you want to say this person was charged with a crime, then you've got to tell the, the very same people through the very same format uh, uh, what happened when that person went to trial or, or whatever the outcome was. Yeah, that's exactly what we did with uh, Barletta and the Platinum case. Uh, we reported on the charges, and then when they were withdrawn, we had to report on that. And we're really careful when we report on issues involving alleged members of outlaw motorcycle gangs. Um, you can't say they're a member, they're alleged, right? Police are alleging that. That hasn't been proven yet in court. So you can't say Robert Barletta is a member of the Hells Angels. It was established in a previous court case that he was the founder of the London chapter, one of the founders, and was a one-time member. And police allege he's still a member of the Niagara chapter, but that hasn't been established in court. So we always refer to him as an alleged member of the Hells Angels. And anything we write um, on these cases is overseen by our lawyer to make sure we're not saying anything that's liable. So these are really tricky stories, but um, it's an example of... Uh, the resources that go into this type of journalism, right? It takes time, takes effort, editors are involved, uh, lawyers involved, and we think it really serves the community kind of shedding a light on um, these issues that takes a lot of work to uh, bring about. Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, definitely an important conversation. We'll, uh, we'll leave it right there. Dale, thank you so much for uh, uh, giving us some time today and, and, and talking about this with us. Uh, glad that you give us a few minutes. Always appreciative. Thanks, Craig. Uh, keep up 
the good work on the podcast. It's yeah, no, we're, we're, we're having a good time with it. And I appreciate you saying that. That's uh, Dale Carruthers, reporter with the London Free Press, joining us here on the London Free Press podcast, which, of course, you can subscribe to on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or on Google Podcasts. Really hope you can do that uh, and continue to listen in uh, large numbers, as you've been doing, which we appreciate. And, of course, you can find that uh, the podcast on YouTube as well and on the pages of lfpress.com. All the time we have for this week, we'll be back at you with uh, another couple of episodes next week right here on the London Free Press Podcast.